Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. It's just gone 10 minutes after 8 on the Voice of the Cape, and uh, you're still with us. Uh, now in the second hour of this program with myself, Muhammad Fasih Peterson, uh, and I'm joined in the studio now by two guests. Uh, we'll be discussing another uh, arm or branch of the Muslim Judicial Council, MJC, in the program MJC Speaks this evening. And tonight we're speaking about the media department. I have in studio with me uh, Sister Nabuya Malik. She's the head of the media, uh, she's head of media and PR for the Muslim Judicial Council. Then we also have uh, Mona Shaib Appleby, he's a research. Researcher for the MJC Media Department, and I welcome a guest in studio this evening. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the show. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to you, Brother Fasih, and also to your listeners. Alhamdulillah, it's a pleasure, I must say once again. Uh, tonight, uh, obviously, we're speaking about a, a department that's quite young still, I think, if you look at the, the length of the, the existence of the Muslim Judicial Council. And uh, we're going to be speaking a little bit later about the need for the establishment of this organization. Uh, but before we go any further, uh, I, if I can just maybe start off with asking, what exactly is the media department of the Muslim Judicial Council, in a nutshell? Um, in a nutshell, it is the, um, the department of the MJC that um, speaks on behalf of the MJC. Communications between the community and the MJC, between the media and the MJC. And also, um, in many instances, we would act as an advocacy group for the MJC with regards to, you know, an incidences where Muslim communities feel that their rights have been violated and then the media department would handle that as well. So in a nutshell, it is the 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 PR and the face of, of the MJC that performs that particular function. Now, if we go back to the establishment of this department, which I think is about probably about 10 years ago now, um, talk, talk to us about the establishment of the organization and the time at which it was established. Mm. Um, I think, Brother Vasek, you're bringing up a very, uh, bringing back memories now, because if our community could, you know, could just think back about 10 years ago to 2006, it was a time where the levels of Islamophobia in the media was very extreme. And um, the um, MJC, and particularly Maldonai Sani Indrax, recognized the need for an organization such as the MJC to have a very powerful media department that could respond to Islamophobia, very rampant Islamophobia, bias, misinformation about, not only about the, the Muslim community globally, but also about the religion of Islam. So there was a lot of propaganda there was a lot of vilification and, you know, demonization of the religion and Muslims. So the MJC at that particular point realized that they needed a efficient, strong um, department that could respond to, to various issues in the media. And obviously at that time, we're speaking now post 9-11 uh, time, as we mentioned, where there was rampant Islamophobia. Um, are we also saying that um, that that it's not wasn't just about looking at, at in terms of a global scale, but here in South Africa also Islamophobia levels were rising as a result of what was happening externally? Yeah, it, you know what we we realized was that there was a central um, administration, global administration in the United States and Britain, um, with a global agenda to um, occupy certain countries. Um, at that particular point, it was Iraq and Afghanistan, and the media was wholly bought into that particular agenda. And we found, unfortunately, that South African media was influenced by Fox and CNN, 
and various other international media and also the American um, foreign correspondents who operated in various countries to sell this war machinery and to propagate for uh, attack on Iraq and Afghanistan. So the Muslim community at that particular point was not very well equipped to deal with the onslaught, which was obviously planned way ahead of, of 9-11 and planned by the American administration. So we found ourselves in a situation where um, almost on a daily basis you'd find statements being made very freely without any consideration for fact or whether there was bias or misinformation. And we, at that particular point, the MJC, you know, we had a meeting and I was asked to, to join the MJC with, in, with regards to responding to that and dealing with the various violations of radio stations um, and using the, the, um, the reg reg um, regulations of the BCCSA and also ICASA to try and regulate them and hold various media to their, their policies. So um, we were going through a difficult time and um, there was a big need for alternative media and also a response from the Muslim community. And would we also say that uh, the MGC then also played a key role in getting the voice of Muslims out, not just within the South African borders but globally? Because uh, obviously we find uh, within the Muslim world it's not always, uh, we don't always have an efficient mouthpiece perhaps in, 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 in various Muslim countries to get a message out there, to, uh, to give people an understanding of exactly what Islam mm -hmm. is about. And um, with the MGC establishing this kind of, uh, you know, uh, as, uh, this kind of branch within the, within the uh, Muslim Judicial Council, it gave a clear, it was, uh, it was effective in communicating a clear message of that. Mm. I think that, that what we, we actually did in South Africa, because we came from an apartheid era, and because we went through a, a phase of transition towards a, a upholding of various regulations and laws that protect the rights of human beings. South Africa was very sensitive to violations, to hate speech. And um, it gave South Africans that impetus and that strength to stand up and say that we will hold our media in South Africa accountable for any violations and any abuse of our religious sensitivities. So the message was loud and clear to the extent that in 2006, we had an American foreign correspondent who broadcasted live or provided news to South African media on a daily basis on what was actually happening in Iraq. So she had carte blanche in South African media. And alhamdulillah, the MJC put a stop to that because we took that particular foreign correspondent to, to the BCCSA and um, the radio station was found guilty and that contract was ended. So it, it sort of... Um, you know, it started a track, a trend, where Muslims were standing up for their rights and they realized that, you know, um, as much as various radio stations was using American foreign correspondents or correspondents from Britain um, who were both engaged in a war against Muslim lands, but we also needed a voice to come, a loud voice, just as, you know, to, to combat the propaganda and um, alhamdulillah um, following our um, court hearings and in 2006 and the fact that we won we won our, 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 our complaint and it was upheld by the BCCSA um, the radio station was requested to have a correspondent either from Africa or the Middle Eastern lands as well to give that side of the of, of the of you know of the war and what was happening so um, very much a success story from that side and also shows how strong the Muslim community in South Africa is 
and how we were able to utilize the various regulations that would protect minority groups and religious groups in this country. Now, um, now looking at the, 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 the media department in the sense of uh, its structure, how it is structured, take us through exactly, um, upon the establishment of, 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 of this department, how it was then, um, how it was, uh, what, what was, how it was envisioned that it would operate within the MJC? Um, one, well, the, the media department of the MJC has got, I would say, three, three particular um, divisions. One would be advocacy, which is that if anybody in the community has a complaint or feels that their rights are violated, um, for example, not being allowed to wear the scarf or the hijab or, or not being allowed to, you know, to grow a beard or not being allowed to, you know, to take off during Juma, then they would complain to the MJC and bring that complaint to the media department and we would advocate for that person's rights to be upheld. And we've done that very efficiently over the past few years. That's advocacy section. Then we have the PR section of the media department. That the PR would look at um, all the MJC's engagements with foreign ministers, um, with the department, various departments of government, um, and the relations between them, and how the MJC, alhamdulillah, has built up relations with, for example, the South African National Defense Force, with the cemetery board, with um, various other structures of government to ensure that the rights of Muslims are upheld and that it's given recognition. So, for example, with the South African National Defense Force, we would ensure that Muslims during Ramadan um, are given time to break fast and to have this hood in the morning so that the rights of the staff working in the defense force and the various members of the defense force are afforded, you know, necessary um, um, rights in, in those departments. So that would be the MJC's PR section, which is a very active um, um, section of the media department. Um, and we work very much in very closely with the first deputy um, of the, the MJC, who also engages and is currently um, um, oversees those particular portfolios. And then the MJC also has a, um, a, a, a general media section that where we issue press statements on global issues, on local issues, and we lobby for um, a particular position that the Muslim community would have. And, you know, in that particular section, we would look at, um, you know, questions from the media as well. Um, if the media would like, you know, needs more information on on the Muslim community and Islam's view on organ donation. So they would contact the media department and get the necessary ulama on air in the particular media, and mainly in the mainstream media, because there's obviously a very, very big need for them to understand what Islam says and what Islam stands for and, and what makes the Muslim community and what, you know, how things work in our community. So um, it's a very busy department um, and it's very varied and very interesting as well, alhamdulillah. So, yeah. Alhamdulillah. That's, of course, the voice of Nabuwe Manik, PR and media for the Muslim Judicial Council. We'll have Manisha Abe Appleby, researcher for the MJC Media Department. We'll be hearing from her after the break, inshallah. Uh, and, of course, uh, tonight uh, we're speaking about this department. is about 10 years old now. And I must say I'm impressed by what it's been able to achieve. Uh, after the break, also, perhaps I'd like to throw in a social media question uh, there in terms of how we have developed uh, in, uh, within the Muslim community and how uh, the MJC has had to deal with those uh, rising challenges, but after this break.
My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Welcome back. It's uh, MJC Speaks on this uh, Tuesday evening, and we have in studio with us uh, Nabuwa Malik, PR and Media for MJC. We also have Mona Shaib Appleby, a researcher for the Muslim Judicial Council Media Department. Now, before the break, uh, we just uh, maybe touched on the issue of social media, and I feel that it's something that we need to discuss in depth in, in the sense that um, it affects us all, but particularly the Muslim community. We are constantly bombarded by messages on social media ever since uh, it became a thing in our community. Now, if we look at uh, the impact of um, these kinds of messages, particularly when it comes to uh, us with, as Muslims within Islam, there is the idea that we need to verify information. And sometimes there's an irresponsible move to um, you know, just send uh, information on because it's been forwarded on. We trust the sources we get it from sometimes, uh, implicitly and explicitly, without verifying. Um, has the MJC had to deal with uh, the, the fallout of those, uh, those types of, 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 of actions? And uh, wh- what are some of the things that the MJC has then had to, you know, uh, how has the, the MJC then had to engage, particularly the media department, with these kinds of new challenges? Um, yes, I um, social media, alhamdulillah, I think is a very useful tool. Um, it's good when it comes to, you know, promoting good and when it comes to educating and informing the community about certain things happening in the community and abroad. Um, one of the, the side or the disadvantages of social media is that, um, you know, many of those messages, if you look at them, it's undated. So you'll find somebody passed on 10 years ago and that message will repeat itself, unfortunately, and just create unnecessary tension or confusion amongst the community. And these are the things that we'd like to caution the community about and advise them that if you are going to send out a message on social media, do it responsibly, um, date your messages. And um, and messages such as, you know, uh, for example, one that just pops to, into mind right now is the McDonald's one claiming that McDonald's is not halal. That message has been really doing the rounds for 10 years now since I've been at the MJC and I have had to constantly issue statements saying, you know, warning or advising the community to not forward any messages of that nature until they've... Um, um, you know, verified that information. And actually, that's quite the latest because on this program not too long ago, um, we had uh, Sheikh uh, <laughs> Ahmed Sadiq in the studio with us, and the same message came through about <laughs> McDonald's. And uh, we knew already this, this, this message is so old. Mm-hmm. Uh, people saying, claiming that, that McDonald's is not halal, uh, when the MGC has continuously had to go back again and reaffirm that it is halal. Uh, so uh, we didn't even answer the question that yeah. uh, we just looked at it and, uh, and, and, and laughed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, I think also that, um, yes, uh, we, we tend to trust implicit and explicit. And I think that's something that we need to, we need to get out of that. Tend to just trust whatever messages come through on her phone. Like tonight, also was a message about mm. people saying something about the moon, and yes. uh, and uh, I feel that uh, we we as as Muslims not only do we have a responsibility, and I think this is something that we need to take to heart. We have a responsibility in terms of the information we put out there. We will be held accountable for misinforming the public. Mm. Uh, so, and 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 I think that that goes across the board. Uh, but not looking at. Um, the, 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 the advocacy a little bit more um, and uh, you mentioned earlier people not being able to be scarves in the places of work or schooling and so on and so forth have we found that um, post uh, post apartheid at a time where um, South, South African Muslims uh, did not enjoy 
the full sense of recognition. Um, are, are those remnants still, you know, present within South Africa in certain in certain sectors, or are we are we seeing a move to a more inclusive uh, community or, 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 or more tolerant? Yeah, and um, I I would say that that um, yes, apartheid yes, you know, ended in 1994. Um, things didn't happen overnight, and it's something that I often remind people in the community about. You know, you have a beautiful constitution. It's perfect in, in many ways, but you have to ensure that it's implemented. Now, um, various sectors of the community would um, sort of try to hold on to a certain understanding of how they want to operate in their domain and try to exclude the rights of Muslim communities without considering that they're violating that person's um, religious um, rights. So it's a slow process, but... Um, I feel that in South Africa, especially because we've come from an era, apartheid era, there's a, a, an understanding that if we go back and we don't allow people their rights, we are committing similar crimes that was committed during the apartheid era. And people don't want to be found um, guilty of, of committing that. So we've had mostly success stories when it comes to that. For example, I'll just give you a quick example. There was a school in South Africa, a German school, and um, the principal wouldn't allow a young lady to wear the, a scarf. Um, they cited the claim that it was an independent private school and that they were adhering to the laws of the German society where girls are not allowed to wear scarf. And then we, um, the MJC had a meeting with the principal, discussed it with him, told him about the rights and where we come from as a, as a community. And we, we explained to him, you know, but how beautiful it can be for a society if every person is given recognition and how healthy that society will be. And we also explained to him that, you know, especially in a school environment, if it starts at school level, then that person will grow up, go, go into society with an understanding of another group and appreciate the different cultures and religions. So alhamdulillah, that particular young lady was allowed to wear her headscarf. But it's a, for us, what we've learned over these few years, is it's not always the best um, 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 position to take you know, if one goes via the courts or goes via, um, you know, your BCC essays and ICASAs, sometimes it's, it's good just to go into the studio, go to the school and talk to the person and just educate them about where you come from. As, as. So I, I would advise the Muslim community just to share a bit about Islam and then appeal to the, the understanding that we, you know, are striving for a um, harmonious and a well-integrated community in South Africa. I like that approach because um, the approach we normally take is we become infuriated. Mm. We are Muslims. We yeah. live in a democratic emotive. society. Uh, we become emotive and uh, we should be allowed to you know, practice our religion uh, wherever we are. And um, we're not understanding this sometimes. It's not perhaps prejudice. Mm. But uh, we find uh, these secular groupings uh, within society who um, have a particular way of life that they've embraced and they feel that that threatens their way of life. So uh, as, much, as much as it is their right to feel that way, they also need to understand that they live in a democratic society where we all have rights yeah. and um, we have a responsibility to uphold each other's rights as well. So I like that approach. So the softer approach, softer. And, and it also gives a very uh, a nicer um, image of Islam mm -hmm. as a religion 
not being dominant, wanting to force your way. It sort of, you know, gently guides the person towards understanding and appreciating the religion of Islam. Now, obviously, we also have in studio with us Mona Shaib Appleby, he's a researcher for the MJC Media Department. And um, I just wanted to then ask the question uh, to Mona Shaib. If we look at the media uh, department in terms of its impact um, within the Muslim community, uh, are we finding that we're getting the message out that we want to get out to the Muslim community? Uh, in the sense that uh, sometimes uh, there's a campaign perhaps that the MJC would like to uh, express, and we've seen some campaigns now recently under the leadership of um, Sheikh Irfan Abrams where the MJC is trying to engage young people. Are we finding that we're starting to hit the target or, uh, or target market in the sense with those campaigns? Uh, definitely we are um, with a new look, uh, mm. a new presidency and a new uh, uh, deputy president and a new executive. They've been focused more on uh, projects and campaigns and dealing with the issues uh, on the ground. So we do see that development taking place amongst the youth. But also when you look at the social media, uh, I think also in connected to it, I think the next phase should be, like we mentioned about McDonald's, and others is maybe to have this hashtag kind of campaign mm -hmm. which can stay within the cyberspace mm -hmm. for longer times because mm -hmm. right, people uh, like <laughs> <forwarding> stuff <laughs> you will be able to uh, access it easier if the thing is a uh, uh, hashtag you know through Facebook and mm -hmm. others there is the system of the hashtag campaigns and it will be easier actually to filter that information to the community and also it can get the community all active uh, actively involved in that campaign itself. For example, if I may just make uh, some kind of example, suggestion or example, we have like this liquor issue at the mm -hmm. schools. Mm -hmm. So you can have hashtag no liquor at schools and then have attached with the email that is uh, that they need to forward the complaints to, mm -hmm. uh, to the Department of Education. And, and then that itself is able to reach more people maybe if we just uh, have a lecture or have a public program as such because people were able to access that information through the social uh, media kind of um, the instruments in the social media. That's interesting because I have a friend who's uh, you know in, 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 in the marketing field and um, he's been doing you know the kind of hard sell where you uh, you take your, your posters and you stick it up everywhere and all of mm. these things and using conventional ways to market and he's discovered that through social media now uh, in one in one go you're able to you know uh, by virtue of having this network of people at attract 25,000 hits maybe on, on a particular issue so uh, it's it's a much more effective way sometimes of engaging getting a message across than you know having a poster on the highway that no one's really going to look at uh, so um, I think I think that also uh, the, and this, this, this is the challenge because it's kind of it's a strange scenario we find ourselves in social media there's a lot of negatives but there are a lot of positives mm -hmm. to it well to it as well so I guess um, the only way that we can really bridge that gap is then to have situation where we where we educate people on uh, the negative and 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 promote the positive aspect of, of social media yeah I think that with everything that's new in society um, you go through those teething you know the teething problems and we have certainly experienced all of that and we're hoping that you know if we conscientize each other about your responsibility as Muslim go back to you know we always remind ourselves go back to the basic teachings of Islam and keep that, you know, as your guide 
towards in, in everything that you do. So before you say something about another person, and, and if you haven't verified the facts, don't share that information, don't talk about it until you've verified. And that basic principle has to be applied in the social media, which we, we find that, you know, it's so easy. People forget that, that the, you know, there's sayings that once you've, you've let something out of your mouth, it's very difficult to put it back. So people should, you know, apply the same consciousness when it comes to social media. But as you've said, you know, um, there's a lot of positives. Um, there's a lot of good happening um, in the social media where we can get messages about quick. And, um, and I see the young people, the youth, especially in the Muslim community, using it for positives as well. Alhamdulillah. And also, um, if, we, if we look at uh, the approach of, um, particularly when we talk about ad- advocacy, I, I, which I have to go back to because I feel this is a very, very broad topic. Uh, have we found that um, uh, we've been able to educate uh, and, and, and uh, we've been able to stimulate uh, you know, positive discussion around Islam, particularly with non-Muslim groupings within South Africa? Because the reason why I ask this question is that um, we find that perhaps there's still a lot of ignorance around mm-hmm. Islam. If someone can 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 uh, you know draw a line in the sand and saying, oh, you know, people, are, you people, you think you can just start changing uh, our 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 rules, like for instance in the schooling environment, we all uh, you're supposed to wear a short skirt and you're supposed to wear uh, you know a pair of, of of long socks and white. So where's this, the the policy, uh, school policy, going to go if we start letting everyone wearing their scarves and and wearing the uh, whatever tie they choose to wear, we're going to change the look of the school have we found that through the engagement uh, with the MJC uh, we've 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 begun an educational process mm. around Islam broadly within mm. within the Muslim within the South African uh, community I think that the part of modern Islam's vision was to to you know to encourage and motivate our Muslim community you must remember we came from apartheid and our ulama and our, the Muslim community was categorized under the colored and you know maybe black community at that time Indian community so we were not very media savvy and so it was a slow process and the media houses were mainly owned by white companies white journalists they were the ones at the forefront so there was that divide apartheid created the divide and the the lack of information about this religion Islam so with the with the transition post apartheid it was a process and alhamdulillah Olana Hassan's vision was to you know to increase the amount of um, Muslim scholars in the media and I, I would uh, you know say that in the last 10 years um, the amount of questions that was asked you know about Islam by journalists who've heard a little bit for example one journalist who's um, a financial analyst would ask me a silly question such as um, do Muslims in South Africa um, apply the Sharia implement the Sharia and um, this says that the person's, you know, you know, um, worldview of Sharia is beheadings and stoning mm-hmm. and whatever negative connotations yes. goes with it. So I, I said to him, look, give me a half an hour, an hour, and then we can discuss it on your show mm-hmm. or on another show. And they looked forward to it. Mm-hmm. So it's for us as Muslims to engage with the, the broader community and with the non-Muslim community in a positive way, in, in, just to enlighten and educate and share the deen of Islam. And I think there's a, there's a big need, there will always be a need for us to, 
to make more ulama, you know, available and train more of our ulama to be more um, comfortable in the mainstream arena, in the media arena, so that the, the message and understanding of Islam could be, you know, just be more, it could increase in, in that particular sector. But um, having said that, I, I would like to say that there's been a, um increase in the amount of understanding about Ramadan, about why we fast, about, you know, salah, why we eat halal. There's a lot of robust discussion taking place on various media, mainstream media platforms on the various, um, you know, objectives of, of our Sharia and the, the guidelines of, of the Deen, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I think we've got about five minutes left. So in this five minutes, I want to talk about perhaps uh, the demands of the community. And what I mean by that is, are we seeing uh, the community uh, needing more of an engagement with the MJC on certain issues? Are they asking, are people asking more questions now uh, in terms of, uh, because I know that we live in a community where people like to know where the, where the line is between halal and halal. Mm-hmm. So are we, are we finding the community would like the MJC to comment on political, social issues? Uh, is, is that, is there any, are we seeing an increase in that, particularly now with the advent of social media? And also we've seen the need also for the MJC to actually have a website in order for people to engage with the mm-hmm. MJC in that way. So are we seeing that? Are we seeing that happen? Um, yes, certainly we, we are seeing that. Um, I think with the MJC's Facebook page, we've seen a a lot of traffic, a lot of movement on there, a lot of questions and a lot of interaction between our scholars, MJC scholars and the community. Um, there's a lot of requests for Fatawa coming through, so mm. our Fatwa department is kept busy with that. Um, from the media side, we get a lot of questions. Um, you know, uh, just something crazy that just came to mind now. About two weeks ago, somebody sent us, one of the media houses sent us a question, what does Islam, Islam say about the race of Nabi Isa, of mm. Jesus? Was he black or was he white? So there's an interest in what Islam has to say because they know that um, the, the religion probably the most closest to what Nabi Isa was and, mm. and you know his nationality would be the Muslim community. So we're getting a lot of communication, but we would like to encourage the community to phone the MJC if they're not sure about something prior to actually going out there with a position or an understanding or an opinion on a certain matter. It's always good to verify with a scholar who can give you a clear-cut answer. Um, I think also one of the other things that, that, we, that we are there for the community for is that, that if anybody is faced with any difficulties in the workplace um, because of the religion or they feel that their rights are being violated, the MJC media department is there and we will address these issues. We work very closely with the Commission for the Protection of Religious and Linguistic Societies, and this particular arm of our constitution looks specifically at the rights of religious minorities and religious groups. So alhamdulillah, the MJC has got those those support structures within the media department as well that could afford the community assistance when the need arises. Well, then, of course, uh, Nabuya Malik, uh, she is uh, PR and media for the Muslim Judicial Council. We also have Malash Shaib Appleby, researcher for the MJC Media Department, is joining us in the ev- studio this evening. Ms. Shikhan, to my guest, it's been quite a pleasure and, uh, being able to get an insight into this uh, very important, uh, becoming very, very important uh, department within the MJC. And also, um, I think going forward also, we, we uh, hope that uh, not only does this department uh, grow in a sense, but also we find that um, as, as young people 
uh, go into the go into the, the, the uh, into the working environment, that they'll find a need for those, particularly those professionals, to come and, and, and join the Muslim Judicial Council to expand the idea of of of, of uh, and the scope of what the media department can do, inshallah. Um, as I, I see that the vision of uh, uh, Sheikh Rifan uh, Abrams is that uh, he wants to expand this this, this 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 MJC and also that he wants to get young people involved. Uh, in, 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 in what we are doing and how we are doing it. I want to say once again, shukran so much, all the best, uh, a safe trip home, inshallah, and uh, shukran for coming on the show. Shukran to you, Brother Faseek, and to your listeners, mm-hmm. and we'd like to say shukran to the community for all the support during these 10 years, and it's been a wonderful 10 years, and also shukran to the Muslim Digital Council for all their support as well. Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.